and welcome to episode 16 of Words with Writers podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Canadian Authors Association, Toronto Branch. We are a membership-based organization for writers in all levels, areas, and genres of the writing profession. We are your hosts, Brandy Tanner and Chris Gorman. First off, we need to apologize to our loyal listeners for not releasing an August podcast as planned. We had to take an unexpected hiatus last month, but we're back now with our monthly episodes and are so happy to be with you here today. Oh, we, we absolutely are. We hated not being with you last month, but we're back now and we're ready to roll. As usual, we'll start with Canadian Authors Association events and then some upcoming writing contests. That will take us into our main segment of the show, where we welcome three Canadian Author Toronto members to help us celebrate this month's theme. And what is the theme this month, Chris? Uh, well, Brandy, to ease back into the swing of things after our summer break, we've decided to ask our guests today, what did you write this summer? Here to answer that, our CAA members, Parobi Sinadas, in her second visit to our show, as well as Michael Tanzer and Kevin Wilson, both with us for the first time. Oh, wonderful. I know some of us didn't get much writing done this summer, but I can't wait to hear what today's guests did get done, or if they're like me, what they didn't get done. But we don't want to keep you waiting too long for these fantastic readings and discussions. So we're just going to get things started. Yeah. I also didn't get anything done this summer. <laughs> Good. That <laughs> makes me feel a little better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I wrote a short story earlier in the spring, but nothing this summer. Okay, um, well, that's not as bad as me. So now I don't feel good. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the Canadian Authors Association's annual conference, Can Write 2021, was held over the weekend of September 18th and 19th. And we are pleased to report that it was a roaring success. This year marked the first time the CAA conference was held entirely online through Zoom. Over the two days of the conference, there were sessions on the business of writing, on the writing process, and on the craft of writing. There were also two panels with industry experts, one with publishers and agents discussing today's writing and publishing industry, and the other one with authors and experts describing their experiences with different forms of storytelling, such as graphic novels, uh, film script writing, and my personal favorite, video games, because I love video game scripts. Um, so we both attended as conference volunteers, uh, myself as one of the technical assistants, and Brandy was our fabulous host of the conference on Sunday. But we were also able to take in the sessions. And as always, we found the days quite informative and lots of fun. And it was all from the comfort of our own homes. Yeah, that's right, Chris. I, I absolutely loved participating in this year's conference. Um, I'm already looking forward to the next one. I'm glad you mentioned the uh, session about the video games, the writing for the video games. I found that one particularly interesting myself because I think it's not typically a niche writing aspect you think of a whole lot. But when you do start to think about it, yeah, absolutely. There has to be somebody who writes the storylines in these games, right? So it was yeah. so fascinating to hear that talked about. And some of those scripts are, are really good. Yes, yes, absolutely. Okay, well, moving on to Canadian Authors Toronto News. Our first event after our summer break is coming up on Wednesday, September 29th from 7.30 p.m to 9.05 p.m. The Open Mic Night, it's one of our most popular events. It will be held online via Zoom, and there are 15 spots for our Canadian Authors Toronto members to read from their dripping wet drafts and their sun-drenched excerpts. <laughs> Each participant will get five minutes to read on any topic in any genre. Please keep in mind, anyone is warmly welcome to attend this free event, 
but reading slots are for members only. If you wish to participate by reading, please do email us ASAP at topresident1 at canadianauthors.org. To attend and get the meeting link, you need to register in advance, whether you're doing the reading or not. And you can do this through our website at canadianauthors.org slash Toronto slash events. All right, Chris, that covers the event segment of the show. Can you tell us about a few of the awesome contest opportunities coming up? Absolutely, Brandy. Happy to get us started. The deadline for the Boulevard Nonfiction Contest for Emerging Writers is coming up on September 30th. $1,000 and publication in Boulevard will be awarded to the winning essay by a writer who has not yet published a book of fiction, poetry, or creative nonfiction with a nationally distributed press. Works of up to 8,000 words are accepted, and there is special interest in nonfiction works that are researched and or reported, such as literary journalism, hybrid essays, etc. Uh, the entry fee is just $16 per essay and includes a one-year subscription to Boulevard. Awesome. And for those of us who need a little longer to prepare, just not ready to submit anything uh, before the end of September, then how about the CBC Short Story Prize? You have until October 31st to submit original unpublished fiction that is up to 2,500 words. The entry fee of $25 gives you a shot at winning the first prize of $6,000. Having your story published on CBC Books, but writer out there wouldn't want that. And the opportunity to attend a two-week writing residency at the Banff Center for Arts and Creativity. Four finalists will also each receive $1,000 and have their story published on CBC Books. I think I might try that one this year. I'd love to. I don't know if it's going to be this year because, you know, my husband's procrastinating and being far too busy. So we'll yeah, I, I have zero ideas right now for a short story to create between now and October 31st. I'm still trying to drum up like rough concept notes for the 50,000 word novel that I want to write in NaNoWriMo for November. But. Yeah, and we both got to get started on that because we'll be hosting a NaNoWriMo event in November. So we'll probably yeah. Yeah, get that started soon. Absolutely. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> um, yeah, so last but not least, we also have the ECW Press Best New Speculative Novel Contest. This one closes on October 31st and is seeking entries of unpublished novel manuscripts in English between 40,000 and 150,000 words by a Canadian author in the science fiction, fantasy, or speculative fiction genres. There is no entry fee for this contest, and the prize is $3,000 plus a publishing contract. Uh, wonderful opportunities out there, uh, mostly concerning being published in Boulevard, on CBC Books, uh, publishing contracts, just all kinds of wonderful things to try for there. And now it's time to find out what this month's guests were up to this summer. I'm sure they weren't as procrastinating as I was. So let's get cozy, let's get comfy, and here we go. We are so happy to welcome back to the show Canadian Authors Toronto member Parobi Das. Parobi Sinha Das, originally from India, is now settled in Canada and writing literary fiction, poetry, and personal essays. Her short stories and poems have been published in literary journals and community newspapers, 
and are inspired by her travels, life in general, and growing years in a small town in Bihar, now Jharkhand. Parobi has a BA in English Literature from Ranchi University in India. To bring joy and comfort to readers through the written word is Parobi's vocation. Moonlight, The Journey Begins is Parobi's first novel. It launched in August 2021 and is available in paperback, hardcover, and ebook format. Thank you so much for coming back to the show, Parobi. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. And we're so excited because way back on episode number two, you told us that you were writing Moonlight. Yes, yes. I was. <laughs> <laughs> and we were so excited at that time by the description of it. And now you're back 14 episodes later, having just launched it. So can we start things off with you giving us a, a bit of an overview of Moonlight, The Journey Begins, and then go right into your excerpt? Absolutely. Um, so uh, Moonlight, The Journey Begins, uh, my book shines a light on female courage, how she finds power within to overcome social barriers and against heavy odds, succeeds in leading her life with dignity. Uh, the story takes place between early and mid 20th century India. Uh, my heroine Chandni experiences a great deal of loss, but in the end manages to not only free herself from an abusive relationship, but also keeps her grandmother's vision alive, that of empowering underprivileged girls with literacy. In a society that remains mainly patriarchal, Males are still considered far more deserving of education. So Chandni's actions are not only daring, but also brave, as she defies convention to move into a future filled with hope. She is a warrior. Well, I love the description. So let's hear your excerpt. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I have chosen an excerpt from chapter three, and it's a five-minute read. Time was running out for Chandni. The horses were gaining ground. She was filled with fury. Chandni vowed she would not let them take the chain, a wedding gift from a mother, and she wouldn't give up without a fight. Her fingers with the broken and bloodied nails curled around the chain to continue pulling until she felt her neck was on fire. She bit her lip from crying out. The gold chain slithered down, leaving a trail of wet, warm liquid to land inside her blouse where it lay snugly between her breasts. There were two riders. They spoke to each other. Although she couldn't understand their dialect, it was obvious that they were arguing. They started to move away from her. The tension was just starting to ease in Chani's limbs when all of a sudden there was the unmistakable pound of returning hoofbeats. She held her breath. She must pretend to be dead. The man was standing over her. With one booted foot, he turned her over. Her hackles rose. How dare he touch her with his dirty boot? She smelled his foul breath and felt the brush of hard skin against her own. Gesturing at her bloodied neck, he said, this time in Hindi, someone got to her first and spat. The spittle landed within inches of Chandni's immobile face. The second rider had joined him and the two began to argue. This time, Chadni could not understand a word. She would never know what happened next. Her terror at the events had given way to anger. Yet, as the first rays of the sun began to be visible across the horizon, she could not move. Her body had gone into self-preservation mode and thankfully, she blanked out. Later, the sun rose painting the sky in exquisite shades of red and orange, heralding the dawn of another day. Nature continued on as if nothing had happened. People milled around, hopelessly seeking out lost property or speaking in muted tones. There was blood, plenty of it, from the wounds that had been inflicted by the thieves. Carrion birds expecting a feast were preparing to descend. Later, Looking back at the events of that day, Chandi would wonder why she had been spared. Except for the gash around her neck wrought by her own hands, she had come out unscathed. And yet, the violence and its aftermath would leave its own 
inevitable impression. That day marked the turning point in her life. She stood up, resolute. A plan of escape was needed, away and out of this scene of devastation. The arched brows drew together as she forced her mind to think. Where would she go? She had no idea where they had stopped. The distant mountain ranges indicated they were probably in a valley somewhere, a lonely spot far removed from civilization, also perhaps favored by local robbers. The infamous area of bandits was also, unfortunately, the regular train route from Masjidpur to Calcutta. Can you get me some water, please? The voice close at hand was hardly above a whisper, spoken in a dialect she did not understand. Startled, Chani looked down to find an old man. He was trying to sit up, but kept sliding down until he gave up and sprawled full length on the hot ground. He lay there, too weak to move. On his forehead, there was a deep cut surrounded by dry blood. It opened, and before Chani's horror-stricken gaze began to ooze fresh blood, a thin line of red began to run down and into his eye. With a sigh, the man shut his eyes. Tiredness and desperation had drawn new lines of Chandi's face, giving it a look of maturity beyond her ears. She scanned the scene of carnage. Wasn't there a way out? Cries from men and women filled the early morning air. The wounded lay amidst pieces of luggage, remnants of clothes, food, and drink. A sudden gust of wind, simmering and hot, blew through a pile of paper. A handwritten note fluttered from the pile, then settled on the ground where she stood. Even the mail van had been vandalized. The sun stared down, merciless and uncaring, pouring heat and increasing the misery of the wounded. She felt a tug at her sari and became aware of the old man at her feet. Oh God, she had forgotten him. She guessed he had asked for water. When their eyes met, there passed a message of mutual need, an unspoken promise to help each other. A deal was struck. Beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> so Thank you. Oh, my goodness. I'm so glad you could come back and share that with us. Thank you so much. <laughs> Yeah, when you were telling us about Moonlight last year, we knew it was going to be amazing. But after hearing oh. this, so excited to read the actual novel. Oh, okay. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. <laughs> it really means a lot to me coming from you. <laughs> thank you. Well, we thank you. And we, we felt you were a perfect guest um, for this show in particular um, because all the way back on the second episode, you mentioned you're writing this book, and then over the summer, you released that very same book you talked about. So it's just perfect for you to come and tell us what you did this summer, um, because we know you did quite a bit. So <laughs> <laughs> I think it was the pandemic. And I mean, we are still in uncertain times, but, you know, it, it, it kind of opened up this, this window of, of productivity, I believe, you know, so yeah, so I, well, um, it, uh, it took me a while to, um, you know, come from the concept to the finished product. Uh, I had been working on this book for a number of years, actually, uh, writing short segments like vignettes and presenting them to workshop among my peers. Um, then I noted the interest the story generated and knew without a doubt that I was on to something. So I wrote and wrote, reread, revised. And it was after I had released my book of essays that I released last year, uh, What Will It Be This Time? Uh, it was in April, 2020, when I released that book, the book of essays. After I had done all of that, I started working once again on Moonlight, The Journey Begins. And I kept at it throughout the summer um, of 2020 during the height of the pandemic until I felt it was ready for the world this year and this summer it was released. <laughs> so that was a little bit of, uh, you know, background to that. That's amazing. <laughs> and you do a lot of your writing um, where you can see the outdoors, right? Yes, I am sitting right here at my desk actually and it faces the backyard. So there's the door and I can't seem to uh, really uh, write seriously until I'm, I'm sitting at my desk. I write wherever 
I have written on the train, I've written in my car at lunchtime, you know, gone into my car at lunchtime, hidden, <laughs> and written on pieces of paper. But when I do my actual, you know, uh, writing, like serious writing, when I want to um, put it, uh, type it up, it has to be at my desk and not on a laptop or anything. I just can't do it. Hmm. I have to see the outside. I have to look at the squirrels and I have to see, you know, hear the birds sing or see the snow. <laughs> Absolutely. It's so interesting. We all have our own process, right? Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. And it kind of uh, grows into you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does. It does. Uh, so we wanted to ask, Parobi, um, yeah. you published Moonlight through Freezum Press, which was the same publishing house that I used for, for my novel. Oh. Uh, what was the process like for yourself? Oh, it was actually I chose them because I wanted to work with a Canadian publishing you know, place. Mm-hmm. Uh, people had told me about different places and they were all over the world, but I wanted something Canadian. So I started researching and I found them. And this experience has been great. They have been so good and they are so talented. They are so good to work with. They are so talented. And uh, I worked on my novel, Moonlight, The Journey Begins, with a couple of editors from there and also with book promotion specialist. I must take his name, James Stewart at Friesen Press, because he is fantastic. And the teaser trailer, then the book cover, everything, you know, even coaching me for marketing and and all that, all of that stuff. Absolutely, like, amazing. I think it was actually James who, uh, when I first reached out to them, I think it was James who called me and had my Ah, conversation. Okay. He was amazing. There you go. Yeah. 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 I didn't wind up working with him, but the people I worked with were, were awesome. And so you had a good, yeah, yeah good that, experience. That, mm-hmm. That's exactly why I picked them too, because Canadian, yes, Canadian based all the way through, right? That's right. Yeah. So you did you did use their editing? Yeah, I did use two editors from uh, the first one was of course the uh, manuscript evaluation, so that is done by an editor, as you know, and then I also had another editor and plus a proofreader, so. Everything was done through them. Although I did pass my uh, manuscript on to a group of people here to get there. Yes, absolutely. And they pointed out so many things. So um, it was very good to get them on board also and their opinion and their questions. And the last person who read my uh, draft was my husband. And he was absolutely fantastic. Like the last draft before I sent it off to Friesen Press was done by my husband. So he asked very good questions and he um, he also, you know, made me think of certain things in a different way. So uh, which, which was not, um, which did not clash with anything that I was thinking, but it was just at the back of my mind and it hadn't come out. So I just needed that, you know, that push from him, actually, I guess. <laughs> That's wonderful. So you had good support from not only your family, but also the, the yeah. uh, self. So that's perfect. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You did a virtual book launch last month, right? Yes, I did. How did that go? Like what platform did you use? How did you, you get that set up? I did on, I did that on Facebook. So I have an author page on Facebook. Plus I have my own, uh, like the, you know, like the personal page for friends. So uh, that was a really, I never expected that risk, that kind of a response after the virtual launch on Facebook. So it just blew me away. And uh, people shared that video actually among their friends. And then I shared it with writing groups on social media. So, uh, but I'm still feeling my way like, uh, self-promotion doesn't come easy to me, but I find word of mouth works. And of course, I'm also exploring other avenues, but the launch was, um, it was good. <laughs> I didn't expect it to be, you know, I was a bit nervous, but <laughs> it's done well, now. 
It's the first part of being a writer, isn't it? I think for a lot of us, the marketing and self-promotion part is the, the worst yeah. part. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Naturally, I think. I, I think part of it is because like our, our, by definition of being a writer, we live inside our heads. And then, yeah. you know, to sell ourselves, we have to step out into the big scary world and be like, yeah. hey, hey, look what yeah. was inside my head. <laughs> yeah, you're so right. You're so right. Because, yeah, we live in our own little world writing away. And then when everything's done and the book is out and then you have to promote it. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> That's a whole different animal. <laughs> Absolutely. Whole different skill set and everything. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. So, uh, and, so spe speaking of the uh, the book being done, now that Moonlight is released, are you working on anything new and exciting yet? Yes, I am working on a book of short stories, poems, and travel vignettes, and I hope to launch it uh, by March of 2022. Well, and my second... you're on fire. I may as well keep writing. <laughs> we can't go anywhere. We can't travel. <laughs> Not yet. Um, and my second novel is waiting for me to get back to it. Uh, and I hope to pub publish it in 2023 or maybe earlier. Well, it sounds like we can expect to have you back on around the same time next year to tell us oh. about the story collection that you're talking about now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That'd be lovely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, before we wrap up, um, can you just remind us and our listeners, uh, what's your website? Where can they find you online? Where, they, where can they purchase Moonlight the Journey Begins? Okay. Um, so Moonlight the Journey Begins is available from most online retailers in hardcover, paperback, and ebook. So from Friesen Press Bookstore, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Kindle, Nook, iTunes, Google, Kobo. And um, if, you, if uh, you know, my website, uh, purabhisinhadas.com, uh, you can also go there to get details and you will, uh, there are direct links to purchase the book from my, uh, from my website. And you can also, people can also follow me on Instagram at purabhisinhadas. Awesome. Yay. Perfect. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so just before we close, Parobi, is there anything, uh, any words of advice you could give our aspiring writer listeners out there? Um, sure. Um, I would say write from your heart. Write what you want to read and don't, uh, don't be afraid to write in different genres and never, ever give up. Beautiful. I think that's it. Great words for, <laughs> for our show. Thank you so much for being here, Parobi. Oh, thank you so much. It's been an honor to be part of this podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us, Parobi. Michael Tanzer is a young adult with autism hailing from Thornhill, Ontario. He is a self-published author of Michaelism, My POV on Life with Autism, and is also an Autism Spectrum Disorder, or ASD, advocator, who is trying to spread autism awareness on social media. Michael has written several articles for our Autism Matters magazine, his book is based on his own personal experiences and shares his point of view on life with autism in the hopes that readers will gain a better understanding of individuals with ASD. Welcome to the show, Michael. Yay! Got all to me. All right. Obviously, my coach Janet Arnold did the forward. Okay, uh, and as for a result, I'm going to be doing excerpt. So, what do you want to know about me? 
Well, stars, my name is Michael Dancer, and I started writing this book during the year of 2018. I have brown hair, hazel eyes, and I wear my glasses like my parents, and I, I'm an adult with autism spectrum disorder. I was like, you know, around the age of three, I can be very friendly, and I would introduce myself when I feel comfortable. I also like to know the names of people, so I don't ask. A cool thing about me is I can write and understand in different lang foreign languages like Japanese and learn French. Or I can understand watch Bollywood movies without the subtitles. And don't get me wrong. Anyways, let's get back to the book. I became interested in Japanese culture since high school. And I did taught myself how to read and speak. I also attended a Japanese community center to help me learn the language. So yeah, there you have it. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing a bit about yourself with us. And do you want to now tell us about your book and, and read your excerpt? Oh, yes. So listen up. Many people with ASD have hobbies. Sometimes people say that these hobbies are obsessions. Am I right? I do not like when I hear people saying this is an obsession. It is a special interest. But when I hear not dozen people say it, it sounds like it is a bad thing. Having hobbies are very normal for everyone. If people spend a lot of time doing one thing, they get really good at doing it. Maybe you must ask why it looks like a, like a special interest. Hobbies are especially important to me. I like drawing, tracing, sketching pictures on traditional or digital paper, photography, Photoshop, and the newly founded talented of writing. Oh, I see your doodles there. Awesome. Oh, awesome, 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 awesome sketches there, Michael. And there's more of that. Wow. Yeah. That's the Pokemon sketches I did, by, by the way. I love them. I'm no I, good at drawing myself, so great job. <laughs> if, there's, if there's some drawings you'll see, it's that. All right. Nice. This topic stresses me out. I do not think I will ever be good at money or understanding math. Trying to manage money makes me want to give up. But no. I know I already told you about this topic on POV on school, but I think it's so important that it should have its own chapter. I understand how money works. When you use to buy things, there is a amount that you need to pay with cash, debt, credit, bank card, you name it. The hardest part for me is to do the math. My family, teachers, and therapists have tried to teach me all about money, but my brain here does not get it. Am I wrong? I do not know why. I just don't get it at all. The only thing I can use for purchasing sometimes is my debit card. That's awesome reading. Yeah. Great. So that's from your book, yes. My POV on Life with Autism. I listen to them, actually. Oh, thank you for correcting me. So sorry. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And it's, uh, Michael, I have to say, it's a beautiful cover. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. You can actually get it on Amazon, Walmart, Target, Barnes & Noble, Apple Books, and Google Play. Wow. Um, so I think you you self-published the book, right? Yeah, I did it through Ingram Spark. Ingram Spark. And you can you can buy it at all those places through Ingram Spark? Yeah. Well, that's amazing. I have, to, I have to like get it from the book and then sell it. You know, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I just <laughs> no, I, I agree 100%. But uh, so how how was it? It was um, pretty good, actually. Yeah. Because I don't want to lie, because my book's doing good. That's good. good. <laughs> That's what we want to hear with all our guests. <laughs> Glad you guys are promoting my book so far. Yes. <laughs> That's what it's all about. That's exactly why you're here. Oh, please do it. It's going to be, oh, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, okay. When I was young, I was fascinated by the Chinese language, so I taught myself all about it. Will you accept my challenge? I think you can handle it. Okay, here we go. Hello is konnichiwa. Okingetaska is how are you. Arigato is thank you. Haru, spring. Natsu, summer. Aki, autumn. Fuyu is winter. Ikshigatsu, January. Nigatsu, February. Sangatsu, March. Shigatsu, April. Gogotsu, May. Rokugatsu, June. 
That's amazing. Have you always been interested in languages, Michael? Yes. Actually, there are some movies I can do watch with English subtitles. Some without don't, you know. Yeah, you said you watch Bollywood without uh, subtitles and that. Actually, well, Japanese movies I do watch without English subtitles, actually. But when it comes to Bollywood, I do watch it with English subtitles. I mean, don't get me wrong. Wow, that's fascinating. I personally do not have a brain for any language except for English as of yet. I always wanted to learn another language, but have not been able to. <laughs> I'm trying to learn German, but... So, Michael, have you done much writing or reading over the summer? Actually, I did, I did a blog. It's my own blog, yeah. and I'm actually starting a podcast show some, some, somehow. You know, just I just want to try it. Yeah. Well, you'd probably be good at it, and you're very expressive over the, the videos, so that's amazing. Yeah. I picked wanna... some topics on my blog, like ASD emotions, and um, let's see. I, I love, too, that your blog matches your book cover. It's uh, it's all tied in nicely. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's one, overcoming anxiety, and, of course, my views on hobbies, and, of course, culture of Japan. <laughs> you like you like you you have a fascination with japan yes and there's there's um my views on bullying oh, that is one i would definitely like to read i know right totally and now can can you tell us your website or where our listeners would find your blog let's check here let's check here mm -hmm. let's hold on a sec yeah and we'll, we'll put a link up to it, too, so people can find it easily. Yeah. Okay, I got it. There. See? Right here. I I, I added. Yep. Perfect. Amazon.ca. Yep. Yeah. So don't the, your, your don't mind me. Hmm? Don't mind me. I got it. I, got, I found the book. It's on Amazon.ca, actually. And, perfect. And finally, and yes. Oh, perfect. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, I was looking at it earlier today. Uh, and so your blog is at the real Michael Tanzer. WP. Exactly. Comstaging.com. There you go. Exactly. Right. Awesome. And your book can be found at Amazon. Yes. Yes. And my, and I have my own YouTube channel. And huh. this might shock you, but okay. Just, just, just give me a second. Here. Yep, 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 yep. All right. There. This is my YouTube channel. We'll put a link oh, up to that too. Yeah, well, definitely. We'll link to all of the, the links you provided us there. That's wonderful. I like the uh, I like the minions in the background. Oh, yes, I do too. <laughs> it's one looks like SpongeBob, I think. Oh, yeah, you. there's a SpongeBob. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, not SpongeBob. One is SpongeBob, but then Kenny as well. Oh, yes, yeah. Oh, yeah, thank you. Oh, I know. Actually, it's SpongeBob, Wally, and Kenny, actually. Oh, Wally. Oh, yes. I've been yeah. going, I don't think it's quite a minion. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, no, exactly. They're a similar shape, but. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, oh, yeah. Oh, well, Michael, I just have a question for you. Because sure. you said that your book was doing uh, pretty good. Exactly. Uh, so I'm wondering, did you do you have any help with marketing and self promotion? Do you take well, care? Well, my longtime therapist and coach Janet is trying her best to help me, you know, and so I'm, so as my parents too. Oh, that's wonderful! It's a family affair then. That's yes, lovely. it's true. All of it. And so you're kind of marketing it towards the the self promotion, yes, autistic community. So I can end discrimination because it's bad. Absolutely. Of course, yes. We can 100% agree with that. <laughs> yep. We are very anti-discrimination and anti-bullying on this podcast. So yeah, it's true. Safe place. Safe mm -hmm. place. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I, I had a question that's it's maybe a little bit personal. Um, Very good. But how does it feel to put something so incredibly personal about yourself out into the world to help others? Well, now that you mention it, Sometimes I get confused when it comes to Q and A's, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very understandable. That's but I'm trying my best to accept my autismness. And you're you're using your experience to Yes, kind of help exactly. Us. Exactly. Perfect. Demo haunted this, it's true. Yeah. 
That's well, amazing. that is absolutely wonderful. Um, is there anything, any words or advice for aspiring writers or anything else that you want to share with us today? Seek your happiness, your passion, your interests, and your role to success. Go for it. Do not give up until you reach for the top. Everything is possible. Do it. Do it for the world. Do it for yourself. Oh, oh I love it. Michael, I am inspired now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's so wonderful. Okay, great. Well, I think we're all good here then, unless, Chris, you have any other questions for Michael? No, I think... I I'm think good. Oh, good. yeah, I'm good. Mm -hmm. You're awesome. good? Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Well, did then, you see, Brandy, did you see the Michael's Flash t-shirt? Yes. Oh, oh I exactly. did. Exactly. It. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, is this going to go on Spotify or something, right? Goes on um, Podbean and Apple Podcast and Google Podcast. Wow. And a few others. But yeah, we're working on getting it on Spotify. Awesome. Yeah, right. The second is not. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Thanks for the interview, you guys. You've yeah. been good. Ah, thank, thank you, Michael. You have done amazing. Matane. <laughs> bye bye. K.R. Wilson's debut novel, An Idea About My Dead Uncle, won the inaugural Guernica Prize for Unpublished Manuscript in 2018. His second novel, Call Me Stan, A Tragedy in Three Millennia, will be published by Guernica in December. He lives in Toronto with his wife and daughter. Welcome to the show, Kevin. Lovely to be here, Chris and Brandy. Happy you could schedule me in. Yeah, well, yes. we're, we're thrilled you could be here. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we've been trying to have you on the show for a while now, so we're, we're glad that uh, this month was the month. Uh, I know you have two excerpts to share with us today, so could you please tell us what Call Me Stan is all about, and then you can get into the reading of your first excerpt? Yeah. Uh, the thumbnail summary of Call Me Stan is that the narrator, Stan, a self-described immortal, under investigation for a horrific crime, takes his interrogator on an idiosyncratic tour of 3,000 years of European history. This first excerpt, the opening, sets the story up in a little more detail. Wandering Jew is a misnomer. I'm a Hittite. Or I was when there was such a thing. Call me Stan. Hittite is a misnomer too. We were the Hatti. But then somebody mixed us up with that Canaanite hill tribe in the King James Bible, and we've been wearing the wrong name ever since. Names. They're so malleable. I was originally called Ishtanu after one of our sun gods. We had a lot of gods. Some were ours, some co-opted from our vassals. We had a lot of vassals. My life started out like any other Bronze Age teenagers. Shepherding, arranged marriage, military draft. It got more complicated when I realized I didn't die. It got a lot more complicated when other people realized it. Pre-modern society may have embraced a lot of theoretical immortals, but it wasn't all that tolerant of actual immortality. Modern society isn't noticeably better. I cope by changing identities every 20 years or so. That creates its own complications. You think you have trouble keeping track of your online passwords? Try keeping track over thousands of years of which name you're using for each eye blink of your life. I try to keep a common element. I've been Drustan, Constantius, Constanza. You get the idea. Sometimes I can't, so I've also been Olaf, Gestas, Jagdish. I was even Ishmael for a while, but don't call me that. Yes, Constanza and Anastasia and Betty. Don't look so puzzled. Change identities often enough, and after a while you want to mix it up. Just give me a good razor or a dab of hot wax. I've done it for decades at a time. Eventually, it's not just the appearance you want to mix up. With the endless scope of human mating options, would you settle for a steady diet of the same thing century after century? Please. 
So when you live as long as I have, you eventually try pretty much everything. I've been warrior and pacifist, ascetic and hedonist, thinker and doer, oppressed and oppressor. I've spied and been spied on, betrayed and been betrayed, killed and been... Well, people have tried to kill me. Sometimes they've thought they had. But here I am. I know that look. I've seen it before. Wondering whether I'm genuinely delusional or just a really brazen liar. Setting up an insanity defense, maybe. But there's another possibility you shouldn't discount so easily. I might be telling the truth. Which is it? You're the detective. You figure it out. Wow. <laughs> that was awesome, Kevin. Well, thank you so much. Uh, you have an audiobook out because you are terrific with your uh, how you say everything. And wow. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Very gracious of you. Yeah. Brandy is absolutely right. If you don't, you should consider it. <laughs> I would love I, I have to ask too, um, can you pre-order Call Me Stan yet? Because I am oh, yeah. very interested. It's, uh, it's available for pre-order uh, on uh, the Guernica Editions website, www.guernicaeditions.com. Or uh, I've seen it on the, the websites of the big online retailers. And I'm sure uh, indie bookstores would be happy to uh, order a copy as well, pre-order a copy. There are links for purchase and for pre-order on my website, www.krwilson.ca. Perfect. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, I will be checking that out tomorrow. Thank you. Um, so, Kevin, same kind of question that we've been asking our guests uh, today. Did you get any writing done this summer? The summer itself wasn't hugely productive. I did write some poetry and make a bit of progress on a sequel to Call Me Stan. Um, plus, I also wrote a review of the most recent Guernica Prize winner, a book called The Shade Tree by Teresa Shea. Um, that's coming out in December about the same time as Stan. And I'm hopeful that uh, the review will get published in November just ahead of that release. Awesome. Yeah, we're, we're kind of looking for inspiration because I can say I have been a very, very good procrastinator at my writing this summer. <laughs> if literary Twitter is anything to go by, that's not uncommon. I have also excelled at procrastination this summer. So, <laughs> yeah. but feeling inspired by, uh, by you and our guests today. So thank you very much. Oh, thank you. <laughs> So in addition to Call Me Stan, you also published an idea about my dead uncle. So can you tell us a little bit about that novel and where do you get your inspiration for these ideas? Dead Uncle, which was the Guernica Prize winner, is about a young mixed race composer who's been raised without meaningful connection to his Chinese heritage and who ultimately travels to China in search of his long missing uncle. Uh, I did a uh, bachelor of music degree in theory and composition. So that was what inspired the composer part. Uh, the inspiration for uh, the, the China element was the journey my wife and I made to China to adopt our daughter, though the book itself isn't about adoption. It's more about the narrator's struggles with his identity. Call Me Stan, being more episodic over a long stretch of time, has a whole bunch of inspirations from various points in history, which would take a very long time to get into. Yeah. Um, and so you talked about uh, working a little bit on a sequel to Call Me Stan this summer. Is it just two books or you have plans for more? Or I have thoughts of a third, but uh, I'm uh, not very far into the second. So uh, that's kind of the focus at the moment. Um, One at a time kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Though, though I will say, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, before the summer, so it doesn't fit within the... Uh, the structure or what did you write this summer but during the lockdown uh in the winter i did uh, complete another novel not related to stan a, a sci-fi noir which i have out for Ooh. consideration at the moment and that was a that, lot of fun that sounds fascinating that's uh actually on my list of things i want to try next is is sci-fi yeah. what what exactly is sci-fi noir well, it's just a combination of sort of a, a film noir kind of structure, but set in the future with various uh, science fiction elements as well. 
Uh, that's that's a great idea. That that alone, just the genre, I find very intriguing. So if you do get to that, please let us know and we'll want to read it right away. <laughs> I absolutely will. Yeah. We're we're both available for beta readings. <laughs> Depending on <laughs> but yes. <laughs> now before up here, Kevin. Um, I know you have another short excerpt to share with us. So before you do that, I know you mentioned your website before. Do you have anywhere else online you want our listeners to follow you, Twitter, anything like that? Yeah, again, the web address is uh, krwilson.ca. I'm also on uh, Twitter and Instagram at, at krwbooks. Wonderful. Okay, with that, do you want to go ahead and and read us your complexer. I'd love to. This one takes a tiny bit of setup without getting too far into the weeds. There's a debunked 12th century notion that the Norse gods were based on refugees from the fall of Troy, which I've really taken and run with. So the character Tror in this section may ring some bells for some people. Make me a war hammer, Tror said a few days later. What's wrong with your ax? It's too clean. It slices, like slicing was a defect in an axe. I want a weapon that crushes, he smiled to himself. In fact, that'll be its name, Crusher, he glared at me. Make it. I made a model hammerhead out of wax. It would be a one-off, so I wouldn't need a reusable mold. When I showed him the model, he frowned. Too small. I'd scaled it up from the largest war hammer I'd seen. My hand barely covered it. But if Tor wanted something bigger, then fine. I made another model, half again as long. Still too small. He drew a rough rectangle in the dirt with his finger. This big. It was the size of my forearm. It was preposterous. I didn't know if it was possible to cast something that big. That'll take enough bronze to make 500 arrowheads or a dozen axes. It'll be too heavy to lift. Never mind how much bronze it takes. We have plenty. And let me worry about lifting it. This time, he was satisfied with the model. Right, I'll cast the mold. I started toward the path of the clay pits. Wait. Oh, gods, what now? I turned back. You know those marks you make, the ones that mean things? Yes. Put some on the hammer. Its name, Crusher. And words of power, calling down the aid of the gods, that sort of thing, all over it. Tror had found the magic of the written word too hard to resist. Will do. By the time I gave the model to the potters, it was covered in cuneiform. Across the top, I'd put Crusher, as I'd said I would. The rest I don't remember exactly, but instead of invoking the gods, I decided to have some fun. After all, I was the only one who knew what any of it meant. So it was mostly stuff like, if you think I'm a huge tool, you should meet the guy who wields me. That sort of thing. Tror loved it. And this one? A traditional invocation to the Hati storm gods. If I remember it right, it was actually an unflattering description of Tror's backside. This will do nicely. Have the clay workers make the mold. If archaeologists ever recover that hammer from the bottom of the North Sea, they're going to go batshit over those inscriptions. <laughs> oh, that was wonderful as well, Kevin. Thank you. Oh my goodness, your writing is quite humorous. Thank you. It's it's amazing. <laughs> uh, so, Kevin, we, just before we uh, we wrap up for the day, do you have any last remarks or advice for ins aspiring writers? I would say persist. I've always written, but it's taken me until fairly late in life to get published, and here I am. Good One. advice. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, Brandy, weren't those readers fantastic? Absolutely. I love that we have such different, diverse readers and speakers on this podcast, from Michael to Kevin to Perobi. They have such 
different stories and unique ways of storytelling. And I'm so glad we could have each of them on today to share their own styles. And they're so inspirational. Like I, I, I listen to them and now I just want to write. I know, right? I, I talk uh, all the time about how I don't write enough and, and, you know, we're always looking for inspiration. And then we get on this show and we talk to our members and it's unbelievable just how much you can learn, how much we can learn from each other and how much we can inspire each other. That's what it's all about. Right. Yeah. So no, hands down. And, and, um, like, listen, I'm really inspired by, by Michael and his, uh, his, drive to bring his personal experience to the world to help everybody else and the like his closing remarks there i hope i hope we get to listen to that again at some point um it's uh, just amazing <laughs> maybe we'll we'll throw them in at the end so everybody can hear him again because you're right that was just I, I can still hear him in my head and it's it's beautiful it's so inspirational and kevin and that just beautiful speaking voice I, like I said, if he does an audiobook, I will be one of the first people to buy it. And having Perobi back on the show after, you know, 14 episodes later, that's just so full circle. That's just so cool. She could come back and share her story of this brave uh, woman, right? This, this strong, brave female character that she's developed. So just yeah. all around fantastic guest today. Thank you for joining us. It, it's really, uh, it's really neat to like, after she left that day, you and I talked quite a lot about how excited we were for Moonlight to come out. So to actually see it happen, it's like, hey, we were part of something. <laughs> I know it's almost like in slow motion, because I've talked with Perobi too offline through emails and knew that she was doing this and, and she had developed, you know, this, or she had Freeze and Press develop her book trailer on YouTube. And and I kind of got to see parts of it through slow motion. It was amazing to be, you know, to feel a little bit a part of that process it was really cool. All right. Well, before we head out, we do have some news from one of our members, J.F. Garrard, a Toronto-based publisher, writer, editor, and the Canadian Authors Toronto co-president has created her own ongoing podcast about writing and publishing called The Artsy Raven, which is released bi-weekly. What a great title. Writers on the podcast showcase their work by reading from their book. Editors, agents, publishers, and other art industry professionals share their thoughts on what inspires and what led to their success. I was uh, I was actually one of the guests on her first podcast episode, Brandy. Um, so much fun to be part of it, and we encourage all of our listeners to check out the Artsy Raven at jfgarrard.com/slash ar podcast. And of course, we can't forget to give ourselves a wee shout out, Brandy, because last month we learned over the summer break that. Words with Writers podcast was voted number three in the Canadian literature category of podcasts. That's right. I almost forgot to mention that on today's episode. Thank you for bringing us back around. Yeah, you know, we there was also an article written about us, I think, on the uh, uh, about a few podcasts, but we made it in on the Editors Toronto blog a few months back. And over the summer, we were listed as third, as you said, on the literary podcast list. So, I mean, we couldn't be happier to be mentioned, you know, anywhere. So, <laughs> especially in such a positive way. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And it's all because of our listeners and our wonderful author guests. So thank Absolutely. you, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so now it is time to close the show. And uh, do please come back next month for our second annual Words with Writers Halloween Spooktacular. <laughs> <laughs> Featuring scary, eerie readings by CAA members to get you in the spirit of Halloween. So we expect to return with our Halloween Spooktacular on Saturday, October 30th. 
you will definitely want to join us for this one, not just for the spooky good times, but also we will be having a new book review segment we're going to try out for our first time. Chris and I are each going to read a horror-themed novel, of course, in the spirit of Halloween, before the next episode, and then we'll have a brief discussion on our thoughts of each book. So we can't wait to introduce that new segment next month. All right, our dear, dear friends, we are now at the end of our 16th episode. Thank you so much for being with us this month, and we will talk to you again soon. Bye, everyone. Bye. Seek your happiness, your passion, your interests, and your role to success. Go for it. Do not give up until you reach for the top. Everything is possible. Do it.